Trigger warning. This podcast discusses themes centered around emotional, physical, and sexual violence. While the stories of the survivors are meant to be inspiring and informative, listener discretion is advised. If you're struggling with any of the aforementioned issues, links to resources can be found in the show notes of today's episode. Like, how do I allow you to feel strong enough to stay out of this relationship, not feel like you have to go back? And then once I was raped, it just kind of changed. I became a rape crisis counselor literally that same year. And from that, it was all volunteer work. I would go and sit with individuals after they were assaulted while they were getting their SART kit. Like, that's when I realized how much of a gift it is to get to work with survivors and just humans. And also like what trust looks like is so different, right? Like they allowed me to sit there and hold their hand and talk to them as there is a nurse going over these wounds that are very fresh. And that was like, I was like, this is what I want to do. Hi, survivors. I'm Tara Newell. And I'm Collier Landry. And this is the Survivor Squad podcast. Yay. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. And can you tell them why? Our guest today is Jemenika Edborn. She is a wonderful guest, but again, she didn't want to share the story. She wanted to share what she's doing now and how she's used that journey to benefit others around her. So, uh, well, let's get into it. What do you think? Yes, let's get into it. I've been talking about this this past week with my friends and I was like, Hey, cause my friends are therapists. I'm like, Hey, do you feel like you're allowed space and like emotions? They're like, fuck no, let's talk about this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Kind of feels like that too. Like with just like emotions, but it, I, I do wonder like when people tell me like regular family struggles and I'm like, that one seems cool. That seems pretty easy. Like, here, just do this. I'm like, cool. I'm like, yeah, just have a conversation. <laughs> it seems like an easy cleanup. Everyone's everyone's alive and breathing. No one's screaming. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really interesting to hear. Um. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of times we are you know and your level of self-awareness with that is is enviable for sure because you're able to just really sit with that and go okay I'm, i need a moment you know i i think that uh, uh, like enough people don't do that and i know tara's really good at that she just kind of says and i'm like okay what's going on oh, oh okay she needs a moment and i need to, you know i do the same thing too I probably, you know, I think probably with me, I have this sort of stupid ass male stigma where I'm like, okay, well, you can't be like this. You gotta just handle it. Just power through it, bro. Like, the toxic through it. masculinity. Sure. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm a toxic masculine person, but. No, that perception. But of yeah, it, so like, you know? well, I need to shoulder this. And yeah, that also stems back to my mother telling me to be strong for my grandfather when my grandmother passed away, her mother and don't cry and, and things like that, that I, you know, that I hold on. I have to, a right? question. Sure. Were you allowed feelings? Right? Like, 
as you're mentioning, like I was always taught, like, we got to keep moving. What are you crying for? You're crying too much. Like we got things to do. You're fine. Shake it off. And so for a long time, I couldn't connect with my feelings. So like I had to learn, like my friends were all like huggers. We weren't huggy people. And my friends like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, what what do you do with this? You just, you just (laughs) lean in and do it. Now I'm like, Hey, everyone. But it was like a process. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like I was connected to my feelings for a very long time. That's 100% accurate. Yeah. Just power through it. Just roll through it, bro. Just get through it. It'll be better. Things will be better in the morning. Shake it off. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. Cowboy up. I don't like that expression. Cowboy up. Just cowboy up. Just get over I've already it. started to saddle up, but just get over it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm from California. <laughs> Collier was from Ohio. Yeah. So I feel like there's different sayings, but like Western, like cowboy up. I've heard that so many times. Pull your pull, pull your big girl panties up and keep moving. I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. But see, I think that is a very fundamental difference like i never heard anyone behave in that way with a with a woman or with a female mm. um i i where where i was raised it was all like you wouldn't say to the girl well just just cowboy up like i never heard that like no she needs her time oh. you know what i mean Mm-mm. that's how i was raised that's the the environment I'm it's not the california girl. way well but it's interesting <laughs> it's it, it's interesting i think because that i mean that sort of leads me into my next sort of thought but it's interesting to see how that has changed like you just said pull your big girl panties up like i don't think i ever heard that until I was in my late twenties, maybe early thirties, about another mm-hmm. girl saying, "Yeah, pull your big girl panties up, girl." I was like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, don't y'all like give each other like a little bit of a moment, like you're having a moment?" Because that's how I was raised, right? Is that like not that that women are inferior? It was never anything like that. I mean, of course, my birth father, and he, of course, he thinks women are inferior and and expendable. But but I'm telling you, in general, like that was not a thing that I I grew, grew up with um i i didn't grow up with like oh like oh so it's like oh she's being a girl like let her have her moment call you oh okay cool we need to be very sensitive to the female figures in our life so it's interesting to see how that has changed and evolved i love both of our faces are like not over here not but, here <laughs> again I'm, i you know i'm 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 what i'm i'm you know i'm uh, i'm at least a decade older than tara and i'm and i'm you know probably about eight years older than you Jimenica. so i think that it might be a generational thing but i don't know i mean maybe. i think that's some sort of interesting thing but you know maybe it's just a california versus ohio sort of thing i mean too. that's probably it we're kind of trash um <laughs> at like trust i'm just being honest you live here now you catch on like and l- allowing people to really sit in their emotions like they give you that one moment and they're like all right well we got to keep going like the world is moving yeah it's interesting. Um, what did I read recently? I'm sure it was some quote on Instagram, but it was it was like, you know, we live in a culture here where, you know, taking breaks and taking time for yourself and your family is not rewarded. It, it is it is frowned upon, right? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. You know, and I'm, I'm somebody that doesn't have a family other than a fur family, but I, you know, I don't, uh, you don't have children, correct? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I don't subscribe to that. (laughs) I'm a lot to take care of on my my own. (laughs) Like, well, well, okay. Now I have a question for you. So since you just admitted that, and I'm the same way, people are like, "Why don't you have children?" I I do a lot of times have issues with friends of mine that use their children as an excuse for why they can't do certain things. Oh, it's the kids, and oh, it's the kids. I can't behave this way. And I'm just like, well, you know, and, well, you don't understand you don't have kids. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've, I've actively made a choice not to have a child until I can have that child and, and have certain parameters around that child that I can provide for mm-hmm. that child. I think that, um, do you feel, since you are a marriage and family therapist, do you feel that sometimes people will have children in order to shield themselves from past trauma? Absolutely. Easy. Yes. Right. There's also the idea of, you know, they try to redo their own childhood traumas and like fix them through their children, that's which is, yeah, it, it's, it, that fucks them up, honestly, because they're like, this isn't my shit that you're trying to push me through. This is yours. Like go deal with it on your own. And I noticed that a lot when I worked with adolescents and like, um, residential facilities for like mental health. I did dual diagnosis. So, so mental health on one side and uh, addiction of, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever on the other side. And it was a lot of them carrying their parents' stuff, which is it, you know, people think that they're doing their best. And I mean, we're all doing whatever we can with what we have, but if you never address your what the fucks, and your what ifs, you're just going to pass them down to your children. A hundred percent. That's a great point. And there's also like that genetic make that you're passing down to your children, because when you have those cells of trauma that you haven't dealt with, you're bringing those down to the next child. Yeah. I don't think, well, pe- most people don't understand. Again, we are full systems. Yeah. And when you create another human, you're giving them parts of you and you don't get to choose like, this is good. I want them to have this part and this part. Like, no, they just get what they get. And sometimes it's really cool. And other times, you know, it leads to needing therapy because of whatever. And so it is interesting when I see people like even working with clients on doing one-to-one stuff and they start talking and I'm like, Oh, that's not even yours. And they go, wait, what? And I'm like, you're telling me about your mother's trauma and how she is working through it through you. And they go, shut the fuck up. I need a minute, Jim. I need a minute, Jim. And I'm like, take your minute. What do you, do you want to run? You want to dance it out? Like uh, we'll have dance breaks. I'm like, you want to dance it out? Cause this is a lot in your body. Like, what are we doing? Yes. And they're like, maybe that's an option. And I'm like, yeah, anything's an option. That's we cool. got that as an option. But yeah, I definitely think so. To answer your question full circle. Yes. What would you recommend for the people that try to do that to their children? Don't. But like, <laughs> Well, like, how do you, you know, if yeah. you have this awareness that you're like, oh, man, I just listened to this episode. Maybe I'm doing that with my child. Where do I start the process of like stopping that in its tracks? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different options. I know people like go to journaling and like write out your feelings. And I think that's great for some people. I'm not a journaler and I have tendonitis in both my hands. I'm not doing that. But (laughs) I think finding a way for you to process 
whatever you're holding on to, right? Like people always go to talk therapy following that. And I'm like, talk therapy is not for everyone. And I think we need to stop pushing that at people. There are other modalities, right? Like somatic therapy, I think is really cool, especially for folks that have trauma, because you get to actually like release and move stuff. Maybe you do it together. Maybe you do spirituality. Maybe you do pet therapy. Like we were talking about equine therapy before this. Like there's so many more options than just talk therapy because for some people, that's not how they process. But I think trying out different modalities, asking people, doing your own research to find what works for you. Like I did talk therapy for many years and now I'm like, okay, cool. I think for me right now, somatic is my next step, right? Like the moving and like the stretching and everything for my body, that feels really good. And that allows me to get to my next day. Yes. I love that. Well, I'm a huge yoga fan and a part of Mm. doing yoga is, you know, if you do it right, (laughs) you're supposed to focus on your breath first and foremost, in any areas where you're feeling this tension in the body, you're going to breathe that like white light too. And you're going to breathe to that area of the body to learn how to release Mm -hmm. that. And that's part of like the somatic experiencing and releasing that. Yeah. And it is hard. It's hard to be able to pinpoint what's going on with yourself sometimes, right? Like that's why I'm like, ask for help, which is also hard. But that's also another reason that I've done two so far because of the pandemic, but doing a Vipassana 10 day silent retreat, my family thinks I'm losing my, they're like, what? You just want to go and not talk. And I'm like, it's so great. No one talks to me. I don't talk to anybody. I eat I'm quiet. I love it. But that forces me to slow down and really spend that time to figure out what's going on with it. Okay. So I love the sound of my own voice <laughs> so much that I talk to myself when no one's around. Same. So you're telling me, okay, well, good. Okay, good. good. So then you can explain to me how this, uh, how this silent retreat works. Please. Yeah. Well, I'm a rule follower for the most part. Me too. <laughs> me too. And so, so that's how it works <laughs> because they give you like a space to just be yourself. Like they give, and it's free. That's always fucks people up. They're like, how much? Like thousands. And I'm like, it's free. You like donate whatever you can to, at the end. I know. Where, where is this place? Yeah. They're all over. They have it. The last one I did was in the desert. It was over like in Joshua tree. And I was like, Ooh, so the first one I did was in the mountains. This is the second one I did. So now I technically have two homes and for me going to do it, it's scary as shit. Cause you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know all these people around you. And even if you know someone that you go with, you can't talk to them. You don't talk. You don't look anyone in the eye. You um can't read or write you are literally just in it that's that's you're meditating multiple times throughout the day you're meditating in like a space with others and then you're meditating on your own the hardest part really is you gotta get up at like four tara's out (laughs) that just like ruined it I accidentally volunteered to be the wake up person last time. And I was, they were like an old person. And I was like, why is my hand up? What in the hell is happening? And so I was the person that woke people up at four, four fifteen in the morning and you like meditate they and you have food. Life. You know, it's so funny. I was like, Oh God, I'm disturbing people. But when we could talk again, 
all of these women came up to me because they also separate you by gender, men and women, because there's only two here. Um, and the women came up to me and said, thank you, because it made me feel like someone wanted me to find myself, like someone wanted me to get up and they supported me. And I was like, wow, because I was walking around pissed. Just <laughs> why am I up? Why am I up? Until like the fourth day, I was like, you know what? not bad this is kind of nice and the stars and the beautiful animals and like every day is different every day is different you process different things they don't even prompt you and the wild part is they do like um the founder who died years ago they do like they show him at night and he's like this probably came up for you today and you're like how the hell did you know that came up for me today the first time i was like is he really dead because he's spying on me like, is he in my brain? <laughs> it's wild. Okay, I feel like I have to that do it wild. for the experience, 100%. though. Um, I will make myself get up at 4 a.m. But here's the, thing, here's the thing that just <laughs> went through my brain. Here's the thing that just went through my head. What I was just saying about we are often excoriated by societal standards for taking that time, right? I'm thinking to myself, if I was unavailable to people for 10 days, they would lose their mind for yours though oh i love it i'm into it 100%. <laughs> i'm like what though if we don't take the breaks especially with the people that we are and the things that we do we won't make it last time i checked um the world was kept on turning when i wasn't here yeah Same they're like who are you <laughs> Seems to be just fine. Uh, I, I have I have another can of worms I'd love to open up. Um, and I don't know how much more time you have, but um, you can. I don't. I've I got time. Uh, yeah, I feel like we could talk for hours to you. I also want to do <laughs> lunch or something. Oh yeah, we should together. all do that. Yeah, sure. love. It. I'm in. Yeah. Um. So you are a queer woman of color. Yep. Talk to me about that in the sense of, and I, I actually, let me give this a little bit of context. I just finished a film that's called 1946. It is about the mistranslation of the Bible that inserted the word homosexual into the Bible in 1946. I did it with a friend of mine. She's a lesbian. Um, it is her passion project. She grew up in a religious household. Her father's a pastor. She is one of four girls, and of course, she grew up thinking that she's going to hell. She's living in mm -hmm. sin, yada, yada. Homosexuality is a choice, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we often find ourselves engaged in conversation. And, you know, I, I very naively would make a joke like, oh, yeah, pray the gay way. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't actually believe that people believe that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, it's so interesting. We were making the film, and I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on." And I saw how these people were victimized because of this, you know, whether you know LGBTQ plus community, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, they're not Christians, they're not this, they're destroying the family unit, and and I was just like, "Oh, like, oh my God, like, what? Oh, people, people actually believe this, like." oh, I just thought that was crazy talk of a few, but it's actually no, it's of the many. And they've lived under this and they've, and they've suffered this trauma because of it too. And, you know, mm -hmm. we have a segment in the film, not to give anything away, but we have a segment in the film 
it talks about like, uh, you know, 2021 or 2020 was the, the largest year for, for violence against transgender and LGBTQ people in the United States and things mm -hmm. like that. Do you find yourself in this work being who you are, working with a lot of people who are victims of this? I think I find it more in my support groups than the one-to-one -one work. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I think it, it varies depending on like the backgrounds of individuals as well, like where they live. I know I have a lot of survivors that are now navigating like what being queer is like. I, I utilize queer, bisexual, whatever. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. Even, you know, it's so funny. Even this week I went and visited my grandparents and i said something about being queer and she's like you know what if you just didn't tell everyone and i was like why would i hide who i am and she's like yeah. well what if people don't want to know and i said well i don't want to know a lot of shit either i don't want to know you talking about my body but here we are <laughs> and she just looked at me and i looked back this is who we are but i think that there are a lot of people that are open to more harm so when you, you do openly say, I'm also non-monogamous to put a cherry on that. And so it's there's a lot of layers to it that I think affect people. Do I think that LGBTQ folks have been increasingly more harmed? Absolutely. Do I think that trauma hits them differently? Absolutely. Do I think that the ways that they are forced to navigate this world and navigate other harms, like whatever it is, are they extra? Absolutely. And so I have conversations with folks, a lot of PKs, a lot of preacher's kids that are like, yeah, I thought something was wrong with me because that's what they said. Or I've even had people that I've talked to that their family literally tried to pray the gay away, tried to have like seances and all kinds of things. Thing. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it is a thing. And it's, when people are like, oh, that's the old times. And I'm like, honey, that is actively happening now. And that was the mis that was the misunderstanding that I had. Oh, I was yeah. like, we own some dark ages shit. That's cool. Whatever. And then I'm like, oh, no, wait. Ho hold on. That's, uh, oh, that's, that's happening more now, not less. Yeah. I, mean, I think, and I think probably the biggest slap in the face for, I don't know, the entire world was a decision that happened three months ago. <laughs> and... I think everybody just woke up and be like, wait a minute, hold on. Did, did we even have a time machine? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's very scary. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about it, but it's, it's, I feel like, I, I guess why I'm saying that is I feel like right now in a current culture, in the current environment in the state of the world, people are looking for ways to act out or are looking for ways and for people to, to point their aggression towards. Yes. And I wonder how much of that is a trauma response to their own shit, their own stuff Ooh. that they have going on. Ooh, that's fun. This is a fun one. I think it's all of the above. I think it's nature and nurture, right? Like you find people that have 
certain religious beliefs, political views. And they're like, well, I have to now go after this person because they don't agree with me. Like, why? They just don't have to, people don't agree with me all the time. And you know what I do? Mind my business. So what? But others feel like (laughs) I have to force you to believe me. I have to force you to do this. Even the work that I do, I work with a nonprofit uh, in LA. We work with the, the homeless, Feed the Streets. And so even the harm that we see, that vulnerability, like these people are trying to make it, trying to survive, but someone takes it within them. I've cleaned up people's their belongings because someone decided to just throw a match on their shit. Like, why? Why do you feel like another person that's just trying to make it and survive in this world that really doesn't seem to care too much about most of us? Why do you feel like whatever your views are, your thoughts are, matter more? Like, why is this person less than? That's the part that it doesn't make sense to me on many levels. If you're queer, you're black, you're Hispanic, whatever, right? What does that have to do with you and your navigating everyday life? Like, go to the gym, throw some ice. You know what? Play football. You want to get real aggressive? Do some soccer. There's right? other ways that people, <laughs> wrestling, look at us, uh, full circle. There's other ways to like release it. But when you are also, and I think this is a conversation that people don't really want to have is when you are in a vulnerable place and you are reaching for something and some politicians like do it this way, they are harming you and stealing are your things. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. I have something to attach to. We've seen, we've seen this. We've, we've been living in these. Yeah. And so they just want to attach to something and they're like, well, how do I fit in? Because I think there's also the assimilation of trying to fit in and seeing here we go full circle, feel normal by joining a group that's doing something. And I think that has added yeah. to more harm that's happening in the world. Yep. Man, I wish people could just be comfortable in their own skin, being independent, doing what they want and not have to conform to certain parts of society or whatnot for them, you know? There's also the part where people are angry because you're happy, which is yes. something I've seen. And That's I'm like, what I'm getting at. That's what I'm what? getting at. Why are you That's mad? What... Do you know how long it took me to get here to be happy? Fuck you. Okay, let me enjoy this. Yep. They do. They're like joy stealers because they don't have that feeling or they don't know how to get there for themselves. I grew up that way in my personal relationships because I had this stigma and when I would do well or I had things going for me, well, there was this there was this own narrative playing out in these people of like, oh, we're really happy for him because that guy's had a fucking hard road to hoe. On the flip side, they're like, well, he doesn't deserve that. And, and why, why should he be so happy? You know what? He should be fucked up. And, and it, what it is, is, is I, I don't know if this is the, I'm not a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist, but I, I don't know if it's projection or what it is, but they, you're, Collier's supposed to be the one who's screwed up. He's supposed to be the one that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I I shouldn't be this way. So it, he must be doing something wrong or or they're, they're trying to, um, make up for their own shortcomings in life because mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to be the person you're supposed to be the person that's homeless living under a bridge shooting heroin or 
feeling sorry for yourself in the corner of your house, not able to function, becoming a burden for your friends and family. That's you, not me. But yeah. it is maybe me or, you know what I mean? And I, and it's like victim blaming, right? It's victim yeah. shaming. It's, it's an interesting thing because it, it's like they envy you and they admire you. And they the hate time. you. And they hate you. And they hate because you. Because they hate you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> but I think that that's something as a, as a, as a trauma victim. And as, as someone who is a victim of, well, all of us are victims of violent crime yeah, and violence uh, in different ways, but still it is something that I know that I have to live with is you walk into this room and it's, it's just this envy and admiration paradox. Can we also talk about this whole everyone is in love with true crime on social media bullshit and they're like, I know you guys both feel it. And they're like, oh my God, this their story and I want to retell it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, these are people's fucking lives. Like, we don't get our parents back. Like, we don't get to get those life experiences back, but it's fun to you. And like, listen, I am also interested in other people's journeys, but I think we're interested for different reasons. Sure. I'm interested because I'm like, who else been through some shit, right? Like I looked up, I was looking at both y'all stuff and I was like, that is shitty. That is wild. Yep. I get that. Not like, oh my God, get the snacks. Like, no, I'm, it's on a human level of relatability of like, I see, look at y'all making it though. But other yeah. people look at it and it's like. And, and you just hit it in your nose. You hit it right, the, the, the nail right on the head. Y'all get to turn this off and go back to your family to call your mom and say, Hey mom, you hear the story was wild. Like he's so inspiring. You get that. I pick up the phone. There's no answer. You know what I mean? You pick up the phone. There's no answer. And that's what they don't seem to understand because now we have no barrier of social media, right? So you can watch a show. And you can literally be watching it in Google and find their Facebook page, their IG. I mean, if they're on the radar, that is. And okay, and then they're going to reach out. Because I get questions all the time that I think would be triggering for anyone else. What did you think about this? Have you, you know, and people will even be like, well, I think you're living in your trauma by reading your father's letters. And I'm like, no, I've dealt with this. I'm reading the letters because it benefits others. That's why. And it's an interesting little kitsch. It stick to my program that people will tune in and be interested. But really the goal is someone who is in that relationship can see that and recognize that behavior and then get yeah. themselves away from it. That is the ultimate goal because I don't want someone to suffer like my mother suffered or like I suffered or like Tara suffered or like you suffered, right? That's my end goal. Is you know, there is my favorite murder is the one that stopped <laughs> that never happens, you know? And I think anyone who has been through that would agree. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting, but also like there's a, you nailed it. There's a lack of boundaries with things. And even like, here's the thing I work in trauma. I don't, I think this work chose me, but also <clears throat> when people just email me and they do like, I call it like a trauma sit shit sandwich. And they'll be like, Oh my God, what you do is so great here's everything that happened to me from age two to 10. So oh, yeah. I don't know if you read it or not, but if you did, thank you. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like 
also respect that we're not always ready to just be holding other people's stuff. Like, are we probably better than most people at this point? Yes. But sometimes I just want to be watching wrestling, maybe a little elevated and I don't want to open my phone. Yeah. And then they're like, did you get my message? Did you get my message? Can you help me? And I'm like, I don't want to read. And unfortunately for me, well, not unfortunately for me, unfortunate for the people that reach out to me, most, I find when they see the film or they listen to the podcast or they see what I'm doing, they reach, they are more often than not survivors of sexual assault, sexual trauma, domestic violence. You know, it's very rare where somebody's like, oh yeah, my dad killed my mom or my mom killed my dad or something. I mean, it happens hundred percent. It has happened, mm -hmm. but there are other people, most of them is tragically, they were molested as children for years ongoing, grew up in a traumatic house. Like it, it, it breaks my heart, but also it's like, I, there is a certain point where I don't want to talk about this all day, every day. I'd rather play guitar. I'd rather hang out. I'd rather go surfing. I'd rather go work out, ride my mountain bike, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know? not deal with your situation at this moment in time there has to be and i think it's i think it's probably the the biggest thing is is the lack of boundaries that are caused by this and and the people who are creating the content have to become more aware of that that they are yeah. opening up the floodgates they are opening up pandora's box that they don't have to deal with by the way because they do their show the show goes on the air. They do their newscast. They do their, they make their TV show. They do their podcast and they get to move on with their lives. Like you said, they get to talk to their mom and dad. They get to do this and that. They have, get to be with their husband. They have a great relationship with their brother or their uncle, right? They, they, they have that luxury. We don't. And then the people that they're talking about now have to deal with an influx of messages and things and, yeah. and now have to be forced this reality because not everybody wants to put their trauma out there. Not everybody's down with that. They're just like trying no. to lead a quiet life and let it go away and not ever have to think about it again. And where that used to be very possible, now that is almost an impossibility, it feels like. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna chime in here and say that, you know, something you said kind of triggered me because I'm not going to lie, for the past couple days, I had a TikTok video that went viral. It has like 380k views right now. And it was just me talking about how, like, please don't make fun of this soundbite that I put out there. Like, I might be a bubbly person. I was just trying to tell my story. It's ironic that I'm wearing a Harley Quinn shirt that says Daddy's Little Monster and I killed myself, stepped out in self-defense. But please don't use that and make fun of me. This is something I actually have to live with. And, you know, even like hearing your guys' stories, like something that's so different compared to mine is I had to be that person to take a life and mm -hmm. for me to live with that and deal with that that's not fun and to hear like these stories that even like you know the person's life that I took away is a bad man but you know hearing about these innocent lives being taken it's so you know it's a lot to process for myself yeah yeah Social media is so just, I feel like people think it's because it's behind a screen. Like, I think there's some lack of forgetting that there's a person on the other side of that, right? Like 
going and telling our stories as I'm sure we've told them everywhere, all kind of places. We can Google all of our names right now and just pop up, right? That's our choice. And again, we do it because we want to be able to help people. But when people come and just make fun of you and like make jokes and like, you're missing the whole point. And so I think that's the reminder of we're not for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And all you have to do if, is if I'm not for you is thank you next. Keep swiping. Yeah. Keep going keep on. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Go to the dance videos. Yeah. It takes more effort <laughs> make to fun be of the nasty. Dance <laughs> make fun of the, make fun of the people who are the bad dancers doing dance, doing bad dance numbers. Because like, you're probably you probably stuff. wouldn't actually make fun of the person doing the bad dance moves because they're not a professional dancer, but you're quick to do this to someone else who's been through some real shit. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And you talk about hiding behind that facade of social media, mm. you know. And it's you know I, I think you see it. You know, well, I mean, you see it a lot in the LGBTQ community of the bullying that goes on. You know, with kids especially in schools and things like that. Right? You couldn't pay me to do middle school again, or no. like there's not no. enough money to be like, would no. you know, choke on it? Absolutely not. And it's worse now. Okay. I went to like a rare high school where like, I felt like everybody got along with each other. Oh, um, I had I've like heard about people like you, 15 gay friends <laughs> and stuff. We were all happy. <laughs> And, you know, we all supported each other, but it was also weird because my sister went to the same high school and she didn't have that experience, but I was two grades apart from her. And so I think just, I really lucked out. And I also, I'm very friendly to a lot of people and I, I just look at everyone like, oh, like they're a person, they're different. They're different from me. Everybody's different from me you know um mm -hmm. but we're all similar in so many ways like why can't we all just coexist and i was in the world school. with caution okay everything for me is like when people are like oh well i trust you until absolutely not i don't trust you until okay and so like i'm always like what do you want what do you need because there's so also maybe you have experiences too people want so much from us and so i'm like what do you want like, what are, what, what are you trying to take from me? You want to hear my story? You trying to make some money off of me? Like, what do you want? So I feel like I move more through caution and it can also be because I am a black woman. I am queer and it's people assume anyway, cause I cut my hair. I'm like, no, I have stress spots, so I just cut my hair off. But like people just make all these assumptions and I feel unsafe most of the time. And I don't know if this is something you all navigate in like just the, my awareness of the world is different than other people's because my awareness yes. that I've had before was tainted. So now I'm extra on it. Yeah. See, I still have like more of the appeasing side at times where I'm like, oh, I want to help this person. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then there's times where I do like, you know, I'm like, what does this person want? Yeah. Well, it is all a club that uh, we are a part of that no one wants to be a part of, right? Yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, I'm a sexual assault driver. The best club for the worst reason. Look at us. <laughs> yep. 
So we are all part of the Survivor Squad. Yeah, the Survivor Squad. Wow. Should we get like tattoos and stuff? Oh, okay. (laughs) Wow, you're getting reel it in. Out and getting outfits. I love that. I like the tattoos. I love tattoos. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tat it. But what? Tat me up. I'm weird. When I get a tattoo, I like fall asleep. That is very bizarre. (laughs) I'm used to pain, guys. Too. Also that, but also what? With people that have like ADD and ADHD, the balance is different. So that is actually really calming. I have diagnosed myself. I'm like, I definitely have ADD. And I'm like, oh, tattoos are like, hmm, kind of like chill. It's like relaxing. We're overstimulated most of the time. So it's like, oh, I can deal with that. Like, that's one thing to focus on. That's a great point because that's the same thing for me. I don't get like Welcome. anxiety about it. Can no, I'm I like, yeah, do like, it. Yeah. We're going to do it. <laughs> well, Jim and Nika, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Amazing. Thanks for having me, y'all. This is fun. Yeah, and it's it always so weird fun. to be like, talking about trauma is so fun. I don't know, with other people that aren't like scared. And we're like, yeah, this is fucked up. <laughs> like, this is wild. Yeah, it is. It's cool. It's very cathartic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, look at my people. I found us, little weirdos. Look at us. Yeah, we got thriving. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> All of us little weirdos huddled in the corner together. <laughs> Well, this is great. I mean, you're just doing some amazing stuff. So, uh, Jim and Nico, tell us where uh, our audience, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes as well, but tell us where our audience can find you. Um. Okay, so it's for different reasons. If you want to see me talk about wrestling and nonsense and probably be a little angry, Twitter, uh, Jim and Nika. If you want to see more educational and supportive things, Jim and Nika, but on Instagram. And if you want to TikTok with me, which is nonsense, but I am actually doing more trauma stuff. Jim the Gem, G-E-M, because I'm a Gemini. Okay, I love that. Yeah, and then like traumaqueen.love is my website to find, you know, whatever I'm teaching at the time, um, as well as just like, if you want to do one-to-one stuff with me, I only work with five clients at a time. I am adaptable to people and I want that to be very specific. Like there is no one treatment plan. Everyone is different. I do do a 12 week program and then I run a support group on Fridays. We do seven weeks on one week off. We've changed it. Um, and it's one of my favorite things that I get to do once a week to like hold space for people where they don't have to come in and keep explaining. They're like, let me tell you how I was triggered today. And you have a whole room of people that are like, Oh my God, that was trash. Blah, blah. And like, the support that I get to see is, it is amazing. It's really cool. I get to do cool stuff. I love that. Yeah, we all do. It's very cool. I know people, yeah. people don't realize that, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting when Jiminika says sperm donor. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so accurate. And yeah, I've heard other people in that type of situation refer to, well, that has had a father that has, Sure. Killed someone. Yeah. Refer to their dad as that. Yeah, and I had um, you know, I had many people that refer to my father as that. And I you know, I get where they're coming from because I always feel like that's a defense mechanism with them. Uh, because I don't look at it that way. I mean, I had, you know, I had 11 plus well, I've had my entire life with my father who just sent me an email by the way. It was just really weird. But I feel like for some people that's how they that's that defines those boundaries. It's all about setting boundaries, right? Yeah. 
And I love how Jiminika sets hers. I just love everything that she's doing today. She has a workbook. I have a workbook coming out too. Yeah. So, you know, just really similar paths with the healing journey. However, we're so different from our coaching. So I just got to point out, if you need a coach, you should choose her or me as a coach or whoever out there because we'll put you on your journey for healing. And that is just so important now with trauma. You have to get to that point where you transition over. So Tara, did you just plug your coaching in I our did. podcast? Okay, great. Just wanted to make sure. too. <laughs> and Jiminika's too, because she has great coaching. And, you know, I may not be for you. She might be for you. You know, she might not be for you. I might be for you. So, you know, there's a lot of different options out there. So it's important to take that step to get a coach, a therapist, just someone that you can get help with your healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. And the first thing is, is putting the, that one foot right in front of the other and getting on that journey. By the way, Tara, we have new merchandise in the store. T-shirts like I'm wearing right now, Survivor Squad T-shirts, Survivor Squad tumblers, coffee mugs and i think coasters as well we're gonna have a lot more stuff for you guys as well so um what do you think tara i think this was a great episode yes i really enjoyed it and i can't wait to take my tumbler to yoga yes <laughs> yes well until next time survivors i'm tara newell and i'm collier landry and this is the survivor squad podcast we'll see you guys see ya The Survivor Squad podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please consider supporting this program by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Survivor Squad.